Hi everyone, welcome back to Views from Third Man. So the limited overs leg of India's tour of New Zealand is finally over and the test matches start in around a week. So today I'm going to be doing a review for the limited overs leg, which is basically the T20s plus the ODIs. I tried to do one separately for each of them, but there just wasn't enough to go on. I mean, you'd be talking about individual games, whereas I think I, I really want to talk about the structure and composition of the way the teams played. So let's start with New Zealand. So... Before this series, New Zealand found out that Trent Bolt, Matt, he- Matt Henry and Neil Wagner were all injured and those three weren't there. Tim Saudi was the leader of the attack for the fast bowling at least and honestly, I don't think he would have been selected um, in the in the in their best eleven in the first place. So that was a big ask of him. He needs to work on his super over bowling if you know what I mean. But the last ODI where he played very well and um, he was unwell and he got the wicket of Virat Kohli. So Tim, Tim Saudi was a big plus for them, I think. Overall, his, his, his form got better as he went along. So I think that was good. And also the people who came in, Kyle Jamieson, Bennett, who got four wickets for 60 in one game. I think New Zealand had better bench strength in India. Not just, India definitely had more bench strength than New Zealand. But New Zealand's bench strength, whatever amount of bench strength they had, they could easily have been uh, selected in their first 11 whereas India's Ben strength you'd never think of them being selected in the first 11 so a player like Tim Saudi wasn't in their first 11 before the three main fast bowlers got injured so therefore um, I think that even Lockie Ferguson was injured so Tim Saudi is actually the number 5 pick for a fast bowler and even then they played so well so I think New Zealand's Ben strength was of better quality than India's then, of course, after the first ODI, Tom Latham came back into the side. And I think the presence of Tom Latham in the ODIs and in... I think he played one T20. I'm honestly not sure. It was a long time ago now. But I think Tom Latham added a certain feeling of calm to that New Zealand middle order. Because as we saw in the T20s, they would get to the end of a game... The victory would be within their grasp. Three games out of the five, they should have won, I think. But there was just no one to finish the job for them. There was no one who remained calm. Ross Taylor wasn't able to step up and do that. Latham did that for them. So I think he was the biggest plus for them. And then also in the ODIs, Ross Taylor um, finally decided to remain calm and actually win the game for them. So there was a gradual transition from the T20s to ODIs, where New Zealand became better as the format became longer, which which is why I think the Test Series is going to be absolutely fantastic. So... Obviously, there was the injury to Kane Williamson as well. Now, I noticed in the World Cup, everyone who I was speaking to at least was saying that New Zealand is not part of the big four. You know, everyone before the World Cup began, at least everyone was saying the teams to qualify will be India, Australia, England and South Africa. The story of South Africa is something different, but New Zealand qualified instead of them. And they played the final as well. So I think... Everyone says New Zealand is a team that sort of punches above their weight or they're not as good as they actually end up performing because they play very well as a team. But if you look down that side, it's actually one of the best teams in the world. I mean, Martin Guptill, Henry Nichols, those are your openers. Nichols is a solid player. He can hold his ground. Guptill, when he gets going, there's almost there's nothing. There's no one who can stop him. Then that middle order is absolutely fantastic. Williamson, Taylor, Latham. And then you have... Nisham, DeGrandholm, Santner and then any of the three fast bowlers. So they actually have a very good team and I don't know why everyone sort of underestimates what they can do. So New Zealand performed very well and I think it's a series India can learn a lot from. 
now for india so let's let let's talk about the pluses first let's start on something positive i think kl rahul was a big plus at number 5 but i think that may actually be a long term problem for india if you just hear me out now all of a sudden a player as talented as rishabh pant is not able to find his place in the 11 that hampers his confidence and with rohit sharma and shikhar dhawan both aging kl rahul was your number 3 choice for opener so i still think kl rahul's place in the side should be as a backup opener if rishabh pant is in form or they should just back rishabh pant to go out there and play because in this series honestly would have been a great opportunity for him to do that and also we saw the gap that rohit sharma and shikhar dhawan left in the side there was almost like a hole in the indian side where it was an incomplete side there was no rohit sharma there was no shikhar dhawan ms dhoni is not playing due to the absence of hardik pandya you can only play one of the wrist spinners and bhuvaneshwar kumar is injured that's six out of your starting world cup 11 and i believe that every team's best side now when i talk about cricket or any or limited overs especially ODIs and T20s every team's best side is the one they played in the world cup with i think the exception of south africa um so um therefore i think india's most of their best side their core except kohli and bumrah were absent and that's another thing i want to talk about jasprit bumrah has just come back from injury and sometimes it takes a while for a bowler to get back into rhythm but he seemed to be doing fine against australia but i think new zealand decided that bumra won't go for any con- will he we won't let him get wickets i think is what new zealand's approach was where they basically said that we'll play him out the grounds are small so we'll go for an economy of above 5 but that's fine because as long as bumra doesn't get wickets we can get runs from somewhere else and that's exactly what happened because shami bowled okay in the series there was no bhuvi there was only one of the spinners jadeja i think bowled really well though but maybe that's because new zealand aren't the best players of spin Also in the middle, I think there was an MS Dhoni factor, and I noticed that in the second game when India had to chase only two seventy and we still lost, where Jadeja almost pulled off a miracle. He almost pulled off a miracle. Shreya Sayer, I think, should have played better in that game, but he was one of the biggest pluses for India in the series. But somebody like an MS Dhoni would provide the calm in that middle order, which is still very young and has and needs to grow. and so therefore again like tom latham provided a feeling of calm for new zealand india needed a player like that to provide calm for them in the middle not just go out there and get a run a ball 50 because you're keeping the scoreboard ticking but everyone's constantly worried that if one more person gets out we've lost the game it's that kind of a thing and i think virat kohli could have provided that form and the last thing i want to talk about is virat kohli so if you look at virat kohli's numbers Let's look at his. Everyone's saying that he had a horrible series, which he did. Frankly, he did not have a good series, not just by his standards, but by average standards as well. If one is the number one batsman in the world and they go three innings and only score seventy five runs, that's just not done. But if you look at Virat Kohli's career stats, first he was struggling for the place. He consolidated his place in the side during the twenty eleven World Cup. After that. Um, after that, in two thousand twelve to two thousand fourteen, his form was incredibly good. That was his coming of age time. Then, from two thousand and fourteen till the World Cup of two thousand and nineteen, so that's a period of almost six whole years across all formats. Virat Kohli has been carrying this Indian side. So, I mean, obviously now there's people who are willing to put their hand up and saying, you know what, I can do that as well. So maybe it's time. I think everyone needs to realize Virat Kohli also has a great amount of workload on him. So he. 
he is going to have off series. He is not going to play well from time to time. We saw that against Australia in 2017 as well in England in 2014. Virat Kohli didn't have good series. He, he didn't have good IPLs, but he came back stronger. And I think that is going to happen right now. But that's another problem I want to touch on. In every one of those series, after India played against England in 2014, we went to Australia in the winter. But the England tour was in the summer. There was no cricket in between. I think there was the T20 World Cup, but that was about it. There wasn't anything more. Again, in 2017, there was a huge gap between the Australia series, the IPL and the Champions Trophy. So he had enough time. Virat Kohli has too much of a workload on him. He's the lead batsman and captain across all formats. And eventually, it may not be his technique and temperament, but after a while, his body just can't physically take it anymore, which is what I think happened in this series. The problem is in the absence of the Rohit Sharma, because of his injury, Virat Kohli has to play every single game. So it's a bit of a tricky conundrum where you need Kohli to play, but his body physically needs rest. So that's something the Indian management or the BCCI will have to work on, which is managing Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma's workload. And so, yeah, that was my review for the limited overs leg. And I'll be posting a test, test series preview soon.